0: Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello, and welcome back to Out With Dan. Today, I'm excited to talk to James Latwell about Face of Greed. Welcome, James. Good to see you, Dan. Thanks for having me here. Good to see you as well. This was just absolutely twisty and turny and fabulous. Can you give us an idea of what this is about, your new book? Sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, Face of Greed. It's the first in a new series. Thank you, Dan. It's the first in a new series uh, featuring Detective Emily Hunter. Emily is a detective with the Sacramento Police Department. And she's been in doing the investigation game for a while, so she's pretty savvy. Um, and she's called to the, to the scene of a, of a botched home invasion. It's gone terribly wrong. The homeowner's been killed you know, in front of his wife. She's been beaten. But right away, Emily knows there's something more going on to this crime than she was led to believe. I mean, how often does she go to a crime scene and the mayor is there? The chief of police is there? So it's kind of heightening the attention of this case. And uh, it's too, she soon starts to unri- unravel this this case, and yeah, there was a whole lot more going on with that victim than anyone was led to believe.
0: I so you were in the criminal justice system, not necessarily the police department, but uh, right. um, so do you. This story you've put together is fantastic, and I mean that. Great, oh, thank, uh, thank you. I enjoyed it, and I too, you know, we see through Emily's eyes. We understand that something smells fishy. And one of the things that I loved about it was something I've seen in life is sometimes women use their position, their sexuality to sort of move a narrative along. And that is something that happened in this book that I found interesting. Um, Mm. Was that fun to write? I mean, it it gets a little gritty. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was challenging to write uh because that's
1: that's not my experience and about a year ago well actually it's been more than that i just floated a little thing out on on twitter you know and saying you know what's what's the what are the traits that other women don't like to see in in other women and oh my god just the stuff that came out of the of the woodwork and a lot of that that venom and who they don't trust and why they don't trust people uh, kind of helped inform some of the characters in Face of Greed. Yeah, you've got, uh, for example, the the widow's wife, Lori Townsend, in, in Face of Greed. You know, she's got an interest in protecting her hus- her dead husband's secrets because they're worth some money and people are obviously willing to kill for it. So, uh, you know, she's kind of invested in that line. So, yeah, it was uh, it was challenging to write, but it was kind of fun at the same time to kind of explore that. That whole
0: avenue. Well, and I think it's fair to say that Lori Townsend is is scummy, and she's not the best of, of the female kind. But then one thing that I found that you did as an author is you also gave us a lot of wonderful, strong female characters who embodied things that we'd all like to see our friends and work colleagues have. Uh, from the Pathologist. I mean, it just all over the place, and that was a very interesting read because we had Lori on one end, and then we had other people on the other end, same sex, but in a very different narrative. Were right. those fun to write? They were. I, I
1: really like writing Emily. Emily Hunter, their, our lead character, she's a little sarcastic, a little <laughs> snarky, pushes, pushes the pushes the envelope a little bit, and part of that is her experience as a woman in the male dominated profession. Um, I mean, I've worked with women in law enforcement for, for decades and my experience is that they have to work twice as hard to get the same recognition that their male pr- counterparts get. So, you know, Emily has gone through that, she's seen it. So she pushes the boundaries a little bit here and there, but she's able to back it up and her, you know, her case closure rates and those kinds of things let her get away with some of the uh, the snarkiness that uh,
0: that she exudes. <laughs> she does it, and I mean, I love it because really, if I had to ride along with an officer, I think I'd really like to ride along with Emily because if she has an idea or an opinion, she lets you know, and yet, as you say, yeah. she backs it up. So right. this is not somebody who's just flippant. She's somebody who's seen the inner workings. Right. Exactly. So she and Javier, her partner, make a great couple. And I will say that you infuse... Here again, I'm not giving anything away. You infuse just enough sexuality or sexual tension between them. Not that they were sexual, but just that kind of male-female thing between them that I really found to be interesting and very credible. Good. No, they were, they were fun to write
1: as a, as a, as a duo, uh, the banter between the two of them, I I, I think is kind of there's a little humorous vein that goes through the the book with the, with those two, but yeah, they come from completely different worlds. They're thrown together as as a detective pair, and yeah, it's it's fun to watch. You know, Javier trying to get a date, and his <laughs> mother's trying to fix him up, and you know, Emily just won't let that go.
0: So yeah, it
1: just yeah, those kinds of things were
0: fun to bring in. And it was, it was also fun to see both of them struggle. I, um, You know, one of the things that I noticed in reading Face of Greed was when they caught the case of Roger Townsend, it was already late in the day. And then right. they go and they, you know, they begin to work on it. And it just, their day goes and goes and goes. And it, it gave me pause to think. I mean, I've read lots of police procedurals, but I think with this one, I, I was like, Jeepers, you know, long days, you really have to be sure of yourself because otherwise that long day would run over the average person, especially me. <laughs> I don't think I could make those hours anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's 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 true. I mean, the investigators when they're they come onto a case like like Emily and Javier found, yeah, those first few few hours, those few forty-eight hours are really important on On getting those leads before they go cold so you have investigators working you know especially the first few days very long hours to catch a break on those things
0: so to sort of go back to their family both uh emily and javier have uh mothers that figure into this book and um so emily's mother connie is beginning with early onset dementia right that I would imagine is a very difficult thing to write about. How was your process for that? It,
1: it is a difficult thing to write about. And I, I wanted to bring it out because I see more and more of our contemporaries dealing with aging parents. And it's, it's something that a lot of us are dealing with. Uh, my mom in her last years went through dementia hmm. and memory care placements and those kinds of things. And it was, as a caregiver, as a primary caregiver, it was difficult. So if you have an investigator like Emily, and she's a caregiver for her mom, and, you know, she's always waiting for that one phone call that, you know, mom's walked away again, or she's lit Mm -hmm. the house on fire. um, It just keeps her off balance. And, you know, trying to maintain that that status between, you know, her investigation and caregiving for her mom, it's a difficult, difficult process. But some of the interactions between mom and, and Connie, uh, mom and, and Emily, uh, were, were conversations that I had with my mom, you know, just, you know, not in place and time and, and just things just didn't match up. There's, a, I think, a, um, if not in this, in the sequel, you know, Emily pulls a, a photo off the wall of mom and, and Emily together at her academy graduation. And mom is convinced that that's Photoshopped because she was never there. My mom had the same experience at my daughter's wedding.
0: Oh, uh, wow.
1: She saw she saw the picture and, you know, with her in it and, and my daughter and you know, she was convinced that, you know, how did you do that and why wasn't I invited? Well, you were there,
0: you right. just, you
1: know, can't remember it anymore. So were- a lot of those things factored in
0: and it was it was as this reader it was something really good to have because it is something that as we age and our friends age and our parents age we do see these things and right. you know nobody really wants to confront the elephant in the room because it's heartbreaking but it's nice to have it in a you know in a, a piece of fiction that it actually figures in and connie Connie's story, just to sort of tease the listeners, is Connie's story isn't just one dimensional. There's there's several layers to Connie's story and Emily and Connie's relationship and well done, Jim. Well done. Oh, I really thank you.
1: enjoyed her. Thanks.
0: And then on sort of the opposite end of the spectrum is Lucinda, Javier's uh, matchmaking mother and I, I've known more than one Lucinda in my life. Right. <laughs> uh, they And, you know, and I did figure that watching two detectives sort of struggle to have a personal life. I mean, I really yeah. can't imagine it's easy um, to have a personal life when you're in something that detailed. It,
1: it is. I mean, it, it's difficult. And Emily experiences it. And, and I kind of put my, my head in the space that I was in in my last few years when I was working uh, with with you know my mom needing you know uh, memory care and, and family I- issues going on um, and trying to balance that with a with a high demand job and it's it's really hard um, and it's probably almost as equally as hard for Javier with his mom you know always in his business but um, I think he's able to kind of vent a little bit to to Emily about that and she kind of. You know, keeps them on an even keel,
0: <laughs> and they do have such a cute thing back and forth. Uh, there's a a booty banded in your story, and that is so fun because it um, that play between Javier and Emily is so cute over that fella, and it is just adorable. Good, I'm glad you liked it. So you have some really. Bad characters as well so we've we've sort of got over the loving family and all that good stuff you've got some really 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 bad characters Jim so sure. which one is your favorite you must have them.
1: there there's a couple of of really bad guys in there I think you know we we involve not only we know we we learned early on that Roger Townsend was up to his neck in political activities some of it a little little sketchy so you know those secrets that he died to protect um are really up for grabs and everybody wants them because they're they're worth something Mm -hmm. so you've got the aryan brotherhood gang members in the in the community they think they can leverage it other people think they can make make a make a play for them so there's this dynamic that you know who's going to come out on top but some of the gang members were kind of fun to play with um but I drew on the Aryan Brotherhood members that I had to deal with in in the prison when I worked there for you know 29 years. Um, pretty straightforward, just up in your face, you know, do it my way or else kind of kind of guys. And I used a couple of those as kind of backdrops for for the characters in Face of Greed.
0: It's, um. there again, your former profession isn't one I would like to have. Uh, I'm, I'm very appreciative you did it. And for 29 <laughs> years, that's a hell of an accomplishment because I'm sure the burnout rate is, is tremendous. Yeah, um, it is. But I do think that, as you say, you sort of get, uh, you already know the characters because you've experienced them. A little bit. People, when I, when I first tell them about my background, where I work, they expect me to write these
1: very, very dark, prison noir kinds of, kinds of books. And that's really not what I write. Uh, you know, face of greed might have some of those character traits that I picked up Mm -hmm. along the, along the line, but the storyline, I think is much different than people expect when they, when they hear, you know, Oh, here's an old prison guy, you know?
0: And I did, I did wonder about that because I, I, in having read Face of Greed, it isn't a prison noir book at all. Um, as you say, it has some characters, has shading of people that I'm sure you've met in your life at one time or another, but well, it is, I mean, it's it's a very straightforward police procedural that's really well-written. Oh, well, thank you. So it is in a different setting though, than your last two, which I believe were in the desert of Arizona. And, that's right. Um, so, how do you like do you like writing so I know you're capable of writing both, but so this one is set in Sacramento, and it's sort of what I would call a city setting versus yes. rural setting in southern uh, Arizona. Does one capture your attention more than the other? Um, is one easier or more difficult?
1: I think I think it uh, it's somewhere in between. I mean, I mean I'm 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 lucky that I'm writing two different series. With two different publishers, um, and what's wonderful is both publishers are kind of cross promoting uh, the books. Nice. They're, they're not, you know, it, it. They're all, you know, just thrilled that it's bringing attention to to work in general. But it's it's helpful because, and, and you mentioned it, the locations are different. You've got urban versus desert. The tone of the books are different. I think the the desert books might be a little darker than Face of Greed. Uh, you know, Dead Drop and and Devil Within and Face of Greed, different worlds. And and the subject matter is a little bit different. In, in the desert books with Dead Drop and Devil Within, uh, we're kind of focused on that that desert culture and the immigration issues that are going along down at the border, and our characters are dealing with that. So it's a completely different dynamic. We got a male protagonist in, in in the desert books, and we've got Emily in Face of Greed, so it kind of gives me a little, a dividing line to be able to do that.
0: That's good. Uh, will they both have? A, will there be a third desert and a second city?
1: <laughs> yes. There, there will be. There will be both. Yeah. The third. <laughs> the third uh, desert book is called uh, Served Cold, and it looks like that's going to be out in July. Lovely. Um, and the second. Uh, Emily book is going to be late uh, late 2024, um, perhaps, or late 2025. Um, and it's looking like it's called, the working title, and so far everybody likes it, is River of Lies. And it deals with Sacramento. Sacramento has a huge homeless um, problem. And there's all these homeless camps that we have in the city that are along the rivers. Mm-hmm. So Emily and Javier respond to the the homeless camps—they're getting targeted and getting burned down, and the homeless are getting, you know, chased out, and people are dying. So Emily soon realizes that even the homeless have something that somebody wants. So she tries to go get them.
0: That's very true, and it is really a mirror of where we live in our world, especially here in California. Me right. in Southern California, and you in Northern California. There are people who will take advantage of anyone they can get their hands yep. on. So you know it so a little a little bit more about having two publishers, so how is that? and you said they're working well with cross promotion, which is so wonderful
1: yeah it's uh, it's it's really kind of refreshing um, to be able to do that. I, it, it's not like I'm keeping secrets from one and the other. I mean yeah. I let them both know ahead of time this is what we're looking at and they've been wonderful, both of them. Um, I can't complain at all so far the scheduling is working out well for me it's six months apart so mm-hmm. i've got you know staggered release and staggered production dates um it is a little bit of a grind um you know, you've got to <laughs> you've got to kind of keep getting up early and, and putting the words down but uh it does keep me focused and and deadlines are a wonderfully motivating thing
0: Yes they are. They are. And it is so we've sort of talked around it but let's let's be specific. You had 3 books in 18 months. That's pretty darn good, Jim. I guess so. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you did. You and with one coming out in July, you'll have 4 in yeah. 2 years. So that's yeah, a so You're a taskmaster. <laughs> and you have a full-time job keeping up with the neighbors' cats and your dogs. So Yes, I do. Yeah, but- yeah, not my cat is still
1: still around. She's I think she's sleeping upstairs on my my other <laughs> desk right now. But uh yeah, she was helping me up there helping me earlier. Good. And then uh yeah.
0: Well, and so for anyone who doesn't know you already, they have to follow you on Facebook because we get updates on not my cat and I love that <laughs> and I get to see your beautiful corgis yep. and did I see a second not my cat
1: recently well yeah there was one that kind of crept out of the bushes uh i think this week earlier this early last week um yeah went outside and the little gray cat was just kind of wandering around i think the words out that i'm a soft touch kind of <laughs>
0: given there's, away probably, or something. there's probably something on the dark web that says drop your pet off right next to his house yeah <laughs> it probably is
1: i mean I mean you pro- you probably know the story with the original story about not my cat you know about and this has been going on like about 8 years um I went upstairs to the guest room to do something and there's this black cat sprawled across the bed I mean and we don't have a cat so <laughs> so, so it just kept showing up and we finally figured out it's going in, the, in and out the dog door my corgis don't like the dog door but this cat had no problem at all coming yep. in and just laying around saying hi and she's still, you know, eight years eight years later, meets me every morning for for coffee. You know, we we strategize our day together, and you know, she does her thing, I do mine, and yeah,
0: she just has never gone away. I love that. I lo- well, I love it for you. <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh yeah, you'd have to stay out. So, but <laughs> I'll keep the corgis for you though. That's a that's an offer yeah. anytime. <laughs> James, so much for being with me today. The book is called "Face of Greed." I've had such a good time. Do you have a website or a social media you'd like to share? Sure, you can find find me at uh, on Facebook either at Author James Latwell or James Latwell.
1: Uh, Instagram: Author James Latwell. Twitter: James Latwell. Uh, I think I'm over on Threads and. Uh, And then the website is jameslutwell.com. So, yeah, come on by. And if you happen to see me at a conference or something, uh, you know, voucher con or whatever, come on, say hi.
0: And I will give you one compliment just because I love doing this. There isn't a person that has met you that doesn't just absolutely adore you. Every (laughs) time I say something about you, people say nothing but the nicest of things. And that's a nice that's nice to hear, but you probably need to broaden your your <laughs> Well, you probably paid the ones I've talked to. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Hang on for me just a minute, Jim. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out With Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at OutWithDan.com. On Twitter at OutWithDan and on Instagram and Facebook at go out with dan this podcast is hosted by authors on the air global radio network and the theme music is provided by bensound.com join us again soon for the next episode of out with dan